Welcome to the English with Kirsty podcast from www.englishwithkirsty.com. Here I'll be sharing with you tips, information and other learning resources so that you can improve your business English. And welcome to episode 119 of the English with Kirsty podcast. And today we're doing something that I thought about when I was doing the other episode about staying safe on business travel. And I just wanted to look a bit more in a bit more detail about um, organizing meeting up with people for food or allergies that people might have or how to explain what kind of food you need to have. Um, and also some other things to think about if you are organizing a meeting like a social gathering, what kind of things you might need to consider if you are that person. So there is a blog post that goes along with this um, episode. So if you go to the show notes page, which is englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 119, then you can also find the link to the blog post for this. And you can also sign up for the English with Kirsty newsletter because it's not just about what's on the podcast. It's also about the blog and um, there's always some exclusive content for newsletter readers. So this week we're looking at word order in sentences and there's a task um, looking at mistakes in word order that people make sometimes. Um, and there's also news from English with Kirsty. There's a section for teachers. So if you teach English, there's a section for you um, because that content doesn't come onto the podcast, but I do produce content for teachers. And what's the last thing? Oh, yeah, there's also a section for things that I found elsewhere on the Internet that I think English learners might like. So if you want to sign up for the newsletter, you can do that on the show notes page, which is englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 119. Um, and also, if you want to support the show, then there's the, the coffee link as well there. It's a way to you can um, donate some money to support the show if you would like to. So going back to what I was talking about, about food, um, spending time with colleagues, eating with them, sharing a meal with them is, is a good way to get to know people. Um, but sometimes it can be difficult if people don't get the right food for, for what they need. So I just wanted to look at that if you want to learn some vocabulary around that. But even if you don't, um, perhaps you're a native speaker or perhaps you already know this vocabulary. Then just some things to think about um, that sometimes people forget about in terms of where to have your meeting or what kind of restaurants work well, what kind of table set up. So um, the reason I want to do this is because there's a lot of information online about going to a restaurant, ordering food and, you know, quite basic stuff. Um, but, but they don't also talk about dietary requirements and, and that kind of thing. So I wanted to do that here. So let's look at some vocabulary. Sometimes it's good to ask people, do you have any diary, um, diary, dietary requirements? Um, because then it's easier to, to plan around them if you know what people need. So this isn't what people want. I used to organize events and people used to put the most ridiculous things on the dietary requirements section, like um, chocolate cake with at every break. That's something they want. That's not something they need. Um, this is something about that people need for, for generally for three reasons, either health reasons that if they don't have, um, if, if they get certain things, they will become unwell um, for religious reasons. Um, 
people want specific types of food or don't want specific types of food because of a religious belief or life choice reasons you know people have chosen that they don't want to eat animal products or, or certain types of things so also um i guess staying healthy would, would fit into that if, if you want to avoid certain things because you, you're choosing to do a diet although that could also come under the, the health section but it's you know basically health reasons religious reasons and lifestyle choice reasons um, and all of those things can affect the kind of foods that you want to eat so allergies um, if you have an allergy you can say I am allergic to and then add the thing that you're allergic to so I am allergic to mushrooms for example or you can say you have a mushroom allergy or a peanut allergy so either describe yourself as being allergic to something I'm allergic to nuts or I have a nut allergy and also there's I'm not going to get into the whole medical explanation of the difference between allergies and intolerances uh, as far as I understand it one is to do with your immune system and the other is to do with your digestive system but both of them are unpleasant and somebody may have an intolerance as well so that's also something to be aware of it may not be an allergy but if, if they have this thing that they're not supposed to have and they because they are intolerant to it and they can still end up being unwell so it's still good to know what foods people can't or don't want to have um, now in the UK it's becoming more popular that people are asking these questions and, and they, they need to know um, what's in the food so on, on some menus there are there's like a key that tells you which things are likely to contain certain common um, foods that cause problems like nuts or um, dairy products or um, shellfish seafood some people have allergies that are not common like I do for example so you'll never find it my allergies on a menu but I still need to find out so I need to ask so you may be lucky in that the menu already has the information on but you may have somebody um, who has something that's a bit more rare and you're still going to need to ask anyway but it's good that, that restaurants are doing this and I certainly find that the ones where I have most success are the chains that cook everything fresh um, you know often we think everything's cooked fresh but but I found out you know that some places they aren't they they bring in the food and they the sauces are already made so you can't say please don't put this ingredient in because the food's already been prepared so if you have people with allergies or intolerances it is good to go to restaurants where the food is cooked fresh because then you can just say oh please can you make this without the whatever um, there's a, a Japanese restaurant that we visit quite often and we know that everything is fresh there so I can have any dish I want because I just say don't put in the whatever and they will make it fresh but that's more difficult in some of the other chains where you have what's there and if you can't have an ingredient in that dish it's tough you can't have that dish because they, they don't make it fresh so that's something worth bearing in mind um, and the other thing there is if somebody has brought some food that they can't have because there was either a misunderstanding or the um, serving staff didn't didn't make a note of the allergy or they didn't understand whatever happens you can't just take that food off the plate and then expect somebody to eat it because um, you know there are, there are juices that may have seeped out it may have touched the other food so 
if there is a mistake then the only thing that you can do is to, to get a fresh plate because I've seen before restaurants where um, somebody had a mushroom allergy and they just took off the mushroom and said okay you can have it now that's that's not okay because the mushrooms were with other things and that person could end up being really ill you don't know there are different levels of allergies anyway I'm not going to go on about allergies but just want to make the point that it's not okay just to, to take the offending article away um, so another thing about religious dietary requirements is ask people what that means for them because people may follow the same religion but may interpret the dietary requirements differently uh, some people will eat some things other people won't so um, it's you shouldn't make assumptions you should ask people wh what that means to them and what they can have if, if the food needs to be um, from a certain butcher or to be prepared especially because there are restaurants that will cater to those needs um, but some people will just say it's enough to not have certain ingredients so um, ask people you know everyone's an individual so ask them what, what they want and, and what that means for them another thing that often comes up in terms of religious dietary requirements is people will say they don't eat pork but that generally means they don't eat anything from the pig and people forget that so they may turn up with ham or bacon but when people say they don't eat pork it often means that they, they don't want any pig products so that includes ham and bacon and gelatine if it comes from a pig so um, usually that definition is, is not just pork it's, it's a wider um, definition to include anything that comes from a pig but again you know check with people what they mean because they may just not like pork but invariably it means all pig products if it's something to do with their religious dietary requirement um, and also in terms of religion you know if somebody is fasting try not to organize your social eating and drinking event when somebody is fasting um, because that's that makes it people some people may say it's okay but I always think that if you can leave it a week or a couple of weeks till after the fast is finished it's it's nicer especially if it's a lunchtime thing when people are more likely to be um, fasting during the day uh, certain types of fast than in the evening so just be aware of, of what your colleagues are doing in relation to fasting and um, decide whether that affects what you're going to do in terms of social events so if we look at some other dietary requirements here um, vegetarian is, is quite common so most people know what that means but it means that people don't eat generally don't eat meat um, or fish but they are likely to eat things like dairy products or eggs or things like that because it's not actually eating the animal so vegetarian just means not eating the the meat or the fish um, vegan is no animal products so it doesn't matter whether it's meat it's whether the product came from an animal um, so that would include things like eggs and milk and cheese unless it's um, cheese from a different source so, so not from an animal I never know how to pronounce this word pescatarian means that it's like vegetarian but they will eat fish so no meat but but fish is okay um, gluten-free means in avoiding um, gluten so it's avoiding things like um, wheat barley rye usually a lot of bread products um, if, if you are going to give 
something similar to people who want a gluten-free diet it needs to be made in a, a different way so you can get gluten-free um, bread and croissants and things like that but they are made with different ingredients and the other thing to remember there is if you are going to order certain things and you need to label them to make sure that the people who who can eat anything don't eat all the gluten-free food so the gluten-free people don't have anything to eat and um, if people have a lactose intolerance it means that they need to avoid dairy products um, and, and there are others but I just wanted to, to name those as, as a few to be going on with um, also find out about alcohol don't make assumptions either that people don't drink or do drink alcohol because it's a you know it's a personal thing um, if if people don't drink alcohol they, they may be okay to be in a restaurant where pe other people are but they might not enjoy something um, like a, a pub drinks or something like that where there are lots lots of drunk people and lots of alcohol or that they might not care so ask people um, equally you know just because somebody comes from a country like the UK where I, I know that UK tourists are known to, to drink a lot of beer and lager not everybody will do that I certainly don't I can't stand the stuff um, so don't make assumptions um, and just find out whether whether people drink or not um, and then you can decide where you want to go um, what else is there buffets they're often easy to have a buffet because then you don't need to arrange a sit-down meal for people you can people can get what they want how much they want um, it takes up less space and it's easier because you don't need to have serving stuff if there's a buffet but buffets can be really difficult if you do have dietary requirements if things aren't labeled properly um, I went to something last year when nothing was labeled it was like a, a lovely big buffet but nothing was labeled and we had to try and work out what everything was and what was in it and it was a nightmare um, so if you are going to have a buffet then remember to label things and make sure that there are enough serving spoons because there are times when I haven't had anything from a buffet because people were using the same spoon for different things there was cross-contamination which is a problem for everybody you know if you're a, a vegetarian you don't want the, the vegetarian sandwiches to be mixed in with the meat sandwiches or if you can't have something you don't want people using a spoon for the thing that you can't have and then putting it back on things that you can't have so if you are going to have a buffet make sure things are kept apart and labeled so people know what they're eating and yeah if, if you have a, a large delegation from um, you know you're using different languages in your meeting then yeah maybe label in both languages make it really easy for people to get the food that they want and if you are organizing a sit-down meal then think about how you want the tables to be you may not get the choice you know if you're organizing your own event you usually get the choice but if you're in a restaurant you don't but try and find somewhere that isn't too noisy if you can because if you want people to be talking to each other then it's a lot harder if it's somewhere where there's really loud music you know if you're going to enjoy the music that's fine but if you want people to talk to each other that's really difficult if they can't hear each other and you can't have a conversation around the table if you have to get really close to the person next to you to even hear what they're saying and, and people might not want to do that anyway if it's colleagues that they don't know particularly well um, also the, the shape of the table you know if you have a big round table that is easier than a long table if you want to generate conversation between a lot of people 
because on a long table you can only really speak to the people immediately around you because the people further down are too far away. So if it's if you can choose what kind of table setup you're going to have, then think about that and think about what will best facilitate conversations between the people around the table. Um, it's, it's basically a time for people to relax. Maybe they've had a busy day at meetings or whatever. So you want this to be a pleasant time, a fun time. It, it can be more difficult to understand people when you're having spontaneous conversations like small talk and isn't structured like in a meeting. So it's already a little bit more difficult if people aren't using their native language. So don't make it any harder for them by making them work extra hard because it's too loud or or because they don't feel comfortable because they can't have the food that they need or that you know their dietary requirements weren't um, taken on board. And if you're that person, if you're going somewhere, um, you know, make it easy for the event organizers by letting them know in, in advance if there are certain things that you can't have or don't want. Don't just spring it on them at the last minute because then it's harder for them to organize than if they had the information earlier on when they were planning what to do. Okay, so I hope that's helpful. If you want to see the blog post about this or to join up join the newsletter mailing list you can do that on the show notes page which again is englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast slash episode 119 have a good week and have fun learning english so next week we are back to the better english in 2018 series i hope you enjoyed this episode of the english with kirsty podcast if you have any questions or comments, my email address is kirsty at englishwithkirsty.com or you can go to www.englishwithkirsty.com slash podcast where you'll find information about the individual episodes.